It's always good to see who the hardiest of the parishioners are. Good to have you with us today. Hilaire Belloc penned about a hundred years ago these words. Where the Catholic sun doth shine, there's always laughter and good red wine. At least I've always found it so. Benedicamus Domino. He penned those words, making indirect reference, of course, to the gospel today, the wedding at Cana, the good red wine. But also, I'd propose he penned the words as an answer to the third and largest objection to the faith. Two weeks ago, we began this homily series addressing the objection to the faith held by a small but vocal percentage of people that the church is anti-scientific. And we looked to the Magi on Epiphany to show otherwise. Last week in the homily series, we addressed the objection to the faith that morality and sin that keep people away. And in response, we heard that voice of the Father echoing over the Jordan River, this is my beloved Son. And today, we are up to the biggest, but least often acknowledged stumbling block that keep people, in particular young adults, away from the faith. Suffering. Suffering in its many different forms, physical pain, grief, anxiety, depression, loneliness, hopelessness, despair. Suffering. In fact, many take suffering as an excuse to disbelieve in God altogether. This is how rigorous atheists will present it. If God is all good and all powerful, then evil wouldn't exist. But evil does exist, therefore God must not. Got into an example that can flesh that out from this very last week. Father Adrian Gallagher was only 58. He and our friend Bishop Doug Lucia began their studies for the priesthood the same year, same class. And in recent years, he returned here to the diocese and actually became the pastor of the Lucia family over in Clinton County. Father Gallagher died this week, alone, of a massive heart attack, survived by a grieving mother and father, brother and sister, parishioners, friends, and yes, his brother priests. How can God exist, many say, in the face of such unexplained tragedy? Or at least, why is it worth serving him if this is what happens when you do? And in response, we get to look at the gospel. At least we should. That wedding feast of Cana, water turned to wine, the first of Jesus' public miracles, when mother, the mother of Jesus was there and Jesus and his disciples were also invited. We love to jump right into the drama of the story, the lack of wine and the, the water turned to wine, but note, note who was there. 
For no event happens in isolation. Not even this grand social faux pas of a, of a wedding feast without wine. Don't, don't hear it in the modern way of, well, there's no wine, they'll just have to go to beer and mixed drinks. Uh, the, the, first of all, that wasn't an option. But secondly, the events were multiple day-long events, often with the wine as a, the one thing holding it all together. So to run out of wine was just abhorrent. But note, who's there? Mary, Jesus, and the disciples. The church was invited. The saints were invited. The Lord was invited. And at that time, if the bride and groom looked over to them, they probably just saw them as another another crowd to gawk in disbelief at the faux pas. But in fact, their presence was the solution. When we are suffering, when our loved ones are suffering, there's always that temptation to do likewise, to isolate ourselves, to hide off in a corner like a dog licking his wounds. And the evil one loves it when we do so. The divider. Satan loves to divide and conquer. But to admit our struggles, to confess our sins, to let the light in, to sanitize and heal. No, the evil one wants to keep our sufferings in the shadows. But the church was there. And the church is here. And Mary, in the church, steps up and acknowledges it kind of the way the that friend of yours acknowledges when, you know, you got lettuce in your tea. That sort of willingness to, to name the awkward, Mary does so. They have no wine. They don't just sugarcoat it. When suffering, people need people. Not to sugarcoat, but to acknowledge and be with. Secondly, when someone's suffering, they want something specific. It's twofold. When we're suffering, we want the powerful and the personal. You've been there, right? We want the doctor who's going to fix the pain, and we want the nurse with a good bedside manner. It's the premise of the, the new Spider-Man movie. Little Peter Parker wants a solution that'll fix all the cosmic problems of his life, and he still wants to maintain his close friendships. Fellow sufferers in the world, that's who we find in the gospel. Not a superhero, but the Lord Jesus who is both powerful and personal. The fixer and the friend, the Lord, and dare I say the lover. It's a wedding feast, right? The first miracle. Scholars have pondered for two thousand years now. Why this be the first of his miracles? He could have done anything. He could have healed somebody. He could have raised the dead. He could have had one of these phenomenal natural miracles like walking on water. But a wedding feast for more wine? And then we look to Isaiah in the first reading. Isaiah the prophet spoke 
of the Lord being a young man marrying his virgin, so your builder shall marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices in his bride, so shall your God rejoice in you. Sometimes we settle. We think we just want a solution, or we just want someone with us. Jesus is both and. He's there as the guest, but also there there to solve the problem because he is the divine bridegroom. And as such, as such, our whole faith is based on this. All of our morality, all of the teachings of the church that God so loved the world that he sent his son to give his life for his bride. And then finally, in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the thirst, there's the wine. We can't forget that. We don't know why bad things happen, why the Lord's hour has not yet come. Surely it involves sin and fallen human nature and free will, but no one who is suffering wants those theological things explained any more than the bride and groom wanted someone to explain to them proper party preparations. No. But they thirst for joy. Each of us thirsts for joy. Why is it that people turn away from the church, at least in part, in the midst of their suffering? Because all they see in the church is a beige, boring, and bland reality. Lukewarm tap water at best. Something to hold you over. But Hilaire Belloc, he knew it. Wherever the Catholic sun doth shine, there is laughter and good red wine. The bridegroom, Christ himself, offers life to the full. And so he can declare, Benedicamus Domino. Let us bless the Lord and give him thanks.